Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We are your hosts. We're from the Draft Network. Kyle Krabs also here producing this thing, floating around, co-hosting, producing, drinking a beverage. He has a jacket on. He's inside. A uh, lot, lot going on with Kyle Krabs today. But uh, <laughs> we're, from, we're from the Draft Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, which is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. This season, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online, and it's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. So head to betonline.ag and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy, uh, happy National Clean Out Your Fridge Day. Oh, I need to do this desperately. Yeah, me too. I felt the, the, I'm in a bad that. way in this regard. Well, to be to to be fair, it's not my fault. I can I can affirm that. I've seen the grocery procedures at your house, and they are. <sighs> you know what? Uh, you know what? Kills not me? very calculated. We get like so. We go to Costco like twice a month, right? Or I should say, my wife goes to Costco twice a month, but. I go, I go one, about one every three trips. And when we go, we come back and obviously Costco, it's, it's volume selling, right? You get a better per unit cost because you're buying more. And um, I'll just use the guacamole like to-go packets as an example. Costco sells them and they're like 16 packs, right? And they're good yeah. for like three weeks. Wait, wait, wait. So, you go through 16 packs of guacamole? guacamole here's the thing joe we wait, wait. usually go here's the thing we usually go through about three a week but that How much guacamole stu- are you eating that <laughs> doesn't no three of the individual units that are like to go cup size oh gotcha i thought you were like making it's guacamole. like one big tablespoons worth of guacamole All right, is here. in each individual unit of packaging right and we we go through like probably three a week so that means by the time we go to Costco again. We have used half of our ration. So what do we do? We buy another 16 pack, even though we still have 10 of the first 16 that we bought and the shelf life's good for a month. So instead of just buying them every other time we go to Costco, it's we're going to Costco. We're getting the same stuff every time. Doesn't matter how much of it we've used. Doesn't matter how much of it we have left. Doesn't matter when the expiration date is. And I, I love my dear wife to death, but this is one of my biggest pet peeves when we come back. And it's like, bro, we got two thirds of this exact same thing we just bought that's good for another three weeks. Why did we buy another one? So my fridge is, I, I need this day of the month every month. 
We got to celebrate too, right? So yeah, I got to actually. What's do the it. chances? What's the chances that at some point in the next twenty four hours you're cleaning out your fridge? Zero. Yeah, I'm not celebrating. I need it, but I, I will not celebrate. <laughs> Shall we celebrate the NFL weekend that was with some word association minus Chris Schubert? Yeah, so I guess what I'd like to do, Joe, is in the spirit of word association, I'd like to present the game. Yeah, that. There's and you no was, other way to you, do this. You react, and then I can provide my input. Okay? We'll see what happens. So the. I guess what you just established there was that I will be going first every time. Correct. Because I'm going to reveal the game every time. All right. So I'll reveal the game slowly so I have a second to think. <laughs> okay. The first game, and I'm using ESPN.com, their, their NFL scoreboard. So don't get mad at me in the order in which the games came no, out because no. there's not really a rhyme or reason. And we didn't start with the third. We didn't start with the, th- uh, the Sunday morning game in London. Like that's not the first game up here. Uh, The Green Bay Packers in overtime defeated the Dallas Cowboys by a final score of 31 to 28. Okay. The word is relax. The word is relax. All right. And it's for the Cowboys. No, it's relax for the Packers. Listen, I'm a little bit on the Packers. I'm a little bit in. You're a little in on the Packers. Yeah. I've been trying to be in for a while now. I have been. And that second half against the Bills, I was like, okay, I think they found, I think they found, I think they found their way. And then they stunk it up against the Lions, right? The three interceptions from yeah. Aaron Rodgers. And then they came back and beat the Dallas Cowboys. And I think this was a very good example of them doing the stuff they need to do. 39 rushes, 207 yards. They found Christian Watson in this game, four catches, three touchdowns. He had a couple of drops. I know that, but that didn't stop Aaron from kind of going back to him. Defensively, I, I like a lot of what this team has. I think I am cautiously optimistic about the Packers being able to kind of string this together and get to the postseason and make a little noise. How many wins do you think you need to make the postseason? They're for currently four and six. I think you probably need nine. Okay, so they need to go five and three. No, yeah, five and three down the stretch. According to Joe Marino, is your gut? Well, they have seven games left, so they would need to go another four and six. Yeah, so yeah, so they need to go five and two. Yeah, draft dudes do math. Yeah, I'll shut up. What's there? They have at Eagles. They go at Eagles, at Bears, home against the Rams, at Dolphins, Vikings, Lions. They also have Titans. Titans are yeah, that's the very next. Titans are next at Eagles at Bears home against the Rams. Okay, so I I think there's a pathway to beat the Titans. They get Packers have a really good defensive front to stop the run, right? Yeah. Well, so the the Packers, the Packers have a really good defensive front to stop the run. They got to stink at run defense, right? That's like their problem. The one thing they can't do on defense is stop the run. Wow. Not great against Tennessee. I'm just trying to get the benefit of the doubt. I know statistically right. speaking, their past defense is, is much more impressive this season. Right. Um, they'll probably lose to the Eagles. Probably. I don't think it's it would be crazy for the Packers to win, but you'd expect the Eagles to win. Beat the Bears, beat the Rams. Are you expecting them to beat the Titans? Listen. I right now, I don't want to take away from yes the bit, no. but I I think they can go five and two. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what fi- what two they're going to lose, or you know what I mean. Like it's the, it's the NFL. Like it's I it's unpredictable. Here's 
here's the challenge though, right? Because it's week eleven. Like mm. you, your floor is five and two to make the playoffs. Probably. Like you, you can't go four and three and and finish. Drafting to math eight and nine. Like it's just it's they've left themselves very little margin for error, and the rubber's about to meet the road. And oh, by the way, in two weeks you're gonna play the only undefeated team in football. So we'll see. I said I'm cautiously optimistic. Relax, I'm in. We, um, and I had desperate times. Was mine. Desperate times, desperate measures. The Packers needed this game. The Pack, the Cowboys would have liked to have it, and they had it. If we're being honest, Packers 14 points in the fourth quarter comeback. Uh, the next game, Joe, the Arizona Cardinals went on the road to play the L.A. Rams in Rams' house and in a showdown of backup quarterbacks, won 27-17 to push the Cardinals into third place in the NFC West with only the L.A. Rams behind them. The Rampede, the Ramily over there at the Rams' house. This is why Chris Schubert didn't show up today. He didn't. He, he's been telling us for 105 years that Sean McVay owns Cliff Kingsbury, and his ass couldn't mm. show up to the podcast today to own up to that not being true for once. I didn't yeah, say anything about the game. I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> backup quarterbacks, right? Like that's that's the thing here. My my brother Frank, we're we're setting our fantasy lineups before the the games on on Sunday. He goes, "Do you think I should start?" John Wolford or Colt McCoy, I'm like, dude, you're oh, geez. How are those your options? Well, because he has Matthew Stafford and some other quarterbacks of which names escape me. But my God, man, like these teams are like up against it. They need to have games and you hate that you don't have your starting quarterback and looks like Arizona, um, which I think based on the status of where these teams are at with with injuries considered, I think they had a little bit more. They brought a little bit more to the fight on Sunday. So I think what's incredible to me is this was a game that had two backup quarterbacks, and you said, okay, who can get things going in the running game probably, right, and play a little bit more balanced attack? You see the rushing totals for these two teams, Joe? Pretty modest. Uh, The Rams, 20 for 66 yards, 3.3 yards per carry against the Arizona Cardinals defensive front seven. And the Arizona Cardinals rushed 26 times for 78 yards for a paltry three yards per carry. Kind of flies. Like, the thing is, you would expect those teams to go into it and say, okay, if we're going to lose this game, Colt McCoy is going to beat us. If we're going to lose this game, John Wolford's going to beat us. You, you, You sell out to stop the run. Right. The longest rush in this game was 10 yards on 46 attempted carries. Just a tragic game. I'm I'm not sad at all. I didn't commit a single second of time to watching <laughs> this football game. Okay, our next game. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pushed their record back to 500 uh, with a dominant performance on the ground to beat the Seattle Seahawks in Munich, Germany by a final score of 21 to 16. Rashad. White, 105 yards rushing. Uh, had the uh, certainly he's going to get the angry run this week from Kyle Brandt, right? With stiff arm, send that guy into the, send him back to the United States, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> them being able to find a, you know, look, 44 rushes, 161 yards, like that's not great per carry, but oh, for the come Bucks, on, for the Bucks, 
you got to love that. So uh, I think Rashard White could be their X factor the rest of the way if they lean into him. It was a good find for them. Yeah, it's just t- tendency breaker, I think is my my word or phrase. And it really comes down to the Bucks and the rushing offense and, and how one-dimensional they were on early downs when Fournette was in the game. So to have a tendency breaker in Rashad White who can tote the rock but then can also contribute in the passing game, and I think it'll really help them, and I'll be fascinated to see how heavy they lean into the running, running game moving forward. But uh, exciting development for Rashad White. Obviously, I'd imagine it was a very cool moment for Geno Smith to hear how many thousand people singing Country Roads as oh, a, a West, Virginia, West Virginia Mountaineer alumni. Uh, so that was a pretty cool moment. Obviously, I have two follow. I have two follow ups to that. The first one is so I could go to Munich, Germany, and hear Country Roads, but I can't go to. But you can't go to Morgantown, Morgantown when the Mountaineers yeah. lose. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Want to make sure I clarified that. But also, uh, how about the Bucks' run defense finding itself limiting Ken Walker to ten rushes for seventeen yards? I mean, they had been getting a little bit abused here lately, and um, they had a tough, tough matchup here against a good young running back, and they they bowed up. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, uh, the Detroit Lions went on the road, scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to come back and defeat the Chicago Justin Fieldses by a final score of 31 to 30 to push the Bears' record to three and seven. The Lions now suddenly sitting at three and six. Uh, they have a winning record since the ownership pep talk with the media that came mid-season. Uh, to to voice their vote of confidence in the direction of the, the Lions team. And the Lions have rewarded them with, with two wins. This is a game that I probably foolishly wrote off. Once uh, Chicago got up 24 to 10, I'm like, I don't, I, I kind of stopped paying attention. And then it was like, I go back and kind of recapping the day on Sunday night. And I'm like, hey, what what happened? The, Ly- the Lions won this game. And, you know, I, I know obviously some some big plays on defense there. Um, uh, Jeff Akuda scoring on defense. But um, the, the, the Lions are a very confusing team. Um, you never know if they're going to be good on defense or bad on defense, good on offense or bad on offense. They have some fight in them. There's no question. They play hard every week. But I think you just, you just have two young football teams that are early, um, somewhat early in rebuilds. And... I think that that level of variance is somewhat to be expected. And this game in a lot of ways was a microcosm of that. I'm sure you're going to want to give a, a shout out to your guy, Jack Sanborn, man, 12 tackles. A couple yeah, sacks, man. He's a, a baller. Hits. Yeah. Absolute baller for for Chicago there in the middle, taking over the Mike linebacker spot. Um, uh, my word is holy cow. And the reason why it's holy cow is Joe, I'm going to read some numbers to you. Okay, I got five numbers. All right. 237. 243. 240. 252. And 258. You know what those numbers are? Yeah, those those I, I'm guessing that's the Bears weekly rushing output. For the last five weeks. Yeah, it's insane. To a minimum of 237 rushing yards in every game for the last five weeks. That's Are like good you for college kidding football, me? right? That's like like Lendell White and Reggie Bush at USC, right? And like 
I, w- I want to make sure that I get it, it correct. And, and there will inevitably be those who, I guess, kind of poo-poo this statistic and, oh, well, that's not really the 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 point of of what you're what you're doing or what you're supposed to do at the position. You know where Justin Fields is in the NFL in rushing yardage? Like of all players? Of all players. He Justin might be Fields top five. is he is sixth. Yeah. The only players in the NFL with more rushing yards than Justin Fields are Saquon Barkley, 931, Derrick Henry, 923. Nick Chubb, 904, Josh Jacobs, 821, and Damian Pierce, 772. Justin Fields has 749 rushing yards. What's his yards per carry? That's a great question. I'm I thought you'd you have it right there. That. Sorry to I'm, mean to I'm glad you asked me that. Uh, it is 7.2 yards per carry. Good things, man. Those, those matter. Those yards matter for his offense. Another 60-plus yard touchdown run against Detroit. And like, I don't mean to take a a Detroit Lions win because obviously our Lions and like, we still have a lot of affinity for Detroit and kind of this regime and Holmes and Campbell and excited to see as they get more mature and can kind of stack these successes together to see what it looks like. But Fields is just, what he is doing is teetering on the brink of of things we've never seen as a quarterback being an athlete and a rusher uh, in NFL history. I don't I don't know off the top of my head what the single season rushing record is, but like Justin Fields is probably on pace to smash it for a quarterback. We we did this tw- two weeks in a row. We the the Bears lost the football game, and we didn't we spend made any it time all about talking the about the team. <laughs> Talk about them. Dolphins last week or the Lions this week. So well, I mean, um, you, you get enough Dolphins talk on this show with me. No, it's want, my I fault. I personally want more of it. Don't don't ask me for a good time. <laughs> uh, the Tennessee Titans. Oh, you didn't do it. You didn't go to the Dolphins. That was your chance. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm resisting the low hanging fruit here. Uh, the Tennessee Titans at home outlasted the Denver Broncos. <laughs> That's a one way to put it. Uh, yeah. Uh, by a final score of 17 to 10 to push the Titans record to six and three on the season. Whereas the Denver Broncos are sitting at three and six. I guess this game lived up to every expectation I had for it. It's like sloppy quarterback play. Defenses are good on both sides that like the game was decided on the trick play to Nick Westbrook Akine, right? Like that was your difference in the game. And then Russ couldn't get it done, done at the end. It was kind of like in a lot of ways, a microcosm of the season for both of these teams. Shout out to Tennessee for getting six sacks on defense, which is really impressive. The pass rush they've been able to generate without Harold Landry. Landry. Yeah. Right. In, I mean, that was like their guy. But they're they're finding a way, and if I'm not mistaken, isn't Bud Dupree injured right now, which is pretty much par for the course. But wow, you went there, huh? Um, hurt guys my, are always hurt, man. My statistic is yikes, or my word is yikes for which team? Uh, the Denver Broncos. I saw a statistic on Monday morning, and I wish I could credit who I saw it from, but you know how it is when you're sitting there scrolling your phone as you're gearing up to start your day and kind of see it and oh wow yeah make note of that one and then like you can't go back (laughs) and find it right yeah 
if the Denver Broncos scored 18 points in regulation at the end of every game, what would their record be? Oh, I saw. Yeah, I saw it too. They they'd be like eight and one, right? They would be eight and one if they scored just 18 points at the end of That's 60 insane. minutes in each of their first nine football games. Instead, they are three and six. Holy, you know what? Yikes. Did you notice the blue pants that the Broncos wore in the game? I did. Yeah, and I didn't think I would notice them like I thought it would because I, I think it was a pretty big deal recently where they're like, oh, we're going to we're gonna wear the blue pants. The, the blue pants. I was like, okay. <laughs> Ooh. And then where, I, I, I watched this game and I was like, wow, they, they look different. This is just, yeah. I, I felt some type of way about it. So. Unfortunately, the offense didn't look different, though. Yeah. Uh, and like that's let's be fair uh, at least I don't fair let's at least acknowledge uh, the Broncos wide receiver core has been ravaged with injuries mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, so pr- like pretty going tough back sled. to Tim Patrick, right before which the everybody kind of forgets about. But yeah, yeah, I mean he was he was a big loss for them. I'm re- I'm reminded of him every day when I look at my fantasy, fantasy team. See him in the IR. <laughs> yeah, he's fresh on the mind. <laughs> Okay, Joe, here's the segue you, you were waiting for. Uh, the Miami Dolphins oh. defeated the Cleveland Browns by a final score of 39-17 to 17, uh, to push the Dolphins' record to 7-3, and three, their best 10-game start to a season since 2001, and to push the Cleveland Browns to the brink of the playoffs uh, with a record end of 3-6. and six. Yeah, I think, I think the word for me is just – efficient right the the dolphins have found incredible efficiency in this game obviously throwing the football like they have but the, the rushing offense showing up like it did uh is really important right i mean for this team to face the challenges that are coming right with the with cold weather football and uh playoffs which the dolphins are 100 in that conversation um you know i think them them getting jeff wilson going uh to complement the potent potency of that passing offense and in a game where it it, it uh, what was uh, two or through the ball to everybody right i mean nobody had and nobody oh, had more than five insane. receptions one two three four you had five different players with more than four catches yeah so this was very much a this was very much a hey we don't just throw the ball to these fast guys we could do a whole lot more on offense besides that and um i mean is it bye week coming up here for miami you gotta you gotta be feeling great about where you're sitting yeah, and you come out of the bye, you play the Texans. So, I mean, not not to look too far ahead, but you think about let's take a week and get healthy. Let's add some new wrinkles in. You come out and you play the team that's currently has the worst record in football at home before you have this mm-hmm. gnarly three game road stretch with two games on the West Coast. And um, the, the, the Dolphins have positioned; they've done the thing they have not done the last couple of years, despite winning records, and that they've actually positioned themselves very well in the early portion of the season to finish strong instead of chasing things and being behind the eight ball and then just not quite having enough yeah. to close the deal and get a ticket to the postseason. But, uh, you know, my, my immediate reaction to this game, Joe is three letters. M V P. I think to a tongue of Aloha, Carrying this through, if he plays to this standard for the rest of the year, is going to have a very significant claim to the title of MVP when it's all said and done. Yeah, so on a making a case, he's obviously headed that way. And I, I think what's important there is like 
you got to finish, right? Yep. You and and you'll, you'll, you'll get the, the, the matchups. You know, you'll get the Jets again. It's a pretty good pass defense. Uh, you'll get the Bills again. Very good pass defense. You'll get the Packers, a very good pass defense. You get the 49ers, yeah. very good defense. Like, we'll we're going to find out. We're yeah. going to find out. But the last three games from Tua Tungvaloa is about as proficient, efficient, and effective stretch of play and I understand you played the Lions and you played the Bears. The Browns had a lot of talent. The Browns were coming out of the bye. And the Browns, you know, they, they threw a lot of exotic stuff at, at, at the Dolphins. I think that was the biggest thing when I went through and, and watched the, the coaches film. Because you're wondering, okay, what was the recipe for mitigating Waddle and Hill the way that they did? They played a lot of cover six. And they clouded the corner to, if they went Waddle and Hill on different sides of the field, they would press the ISO guy and cloud up. To, to get co- collision inside five yards and play a safety over the top. And then they would go quarter quarter on the other side of the field and, and try and run the, the Mike linebacker out of there to seal anything that crossed the middle and you know, to it in bite. I mean, they, they're bringing third level pressure down, rolling the safety down into the throwing window for that, that glance slant that they like to hit. And he just kind of held, it was patient. Uh, there were a couple protection busts in which he, He's kind of slid in the pocket and bought himself time. He's protecting himself at a really high rate right now. And um, it, all, all of the things that you expect to see from an execution standpoint, Tungvaloa is doing right now. I know he's got his physical limitations as far as off-platform throws and areas of the field that he can challenge, and, and that'll be the big roadblock they're going to have to clear. But as you said, I think that's what makes what they were able to do on the ground so important moving forward for the Dolphins because, man, they, they really got after the Browns up front. By the way, I do have the um, statistic. Do you know in the current lexicon of NFL quarterback seasons where Justin Fields is right now for single season rushing yardage all time? You said he has like seven something? 749. I'm guessing it's pretty impressive. I mean, I think about the number of seasons that like Lamar had and Cam Newton had and uh, Kyler Murray's had some big years. I mean, Justin Fields is five yards away from passing Cam Newton's best season as a rusher. Wow. So I'm sure it might be top 10. It's 15th. Okay. 15th all time. Lamar Jackson currently holds the record on 2019, that MVP season. Uh, He played 15 games and rushed for 1200 yards. Uh, an average of 80 per game uh, fields currently averaging 75 per game. So got a chance. He's going to be close and he's got a potential to play two extra games, which mm-hmm. would push him over the top. So that, that's something to watch as we continue to move forward here. I was surprised to see Russell Wilson's like top eight. Yeah. He had some good years early, man. 20, 2014. He had eight forty nine. Yep. Okay. Our next game, the New York Giants at home defeated the Houston Texans by a final score of 24 to 16 to push the Giants record to seven and two on the season. More cushion, right? Right. I think that's what I say. More cushion. The Giants, um, I feel like we're still waiting. How do I say this? Still waiting the more for cushion, the, the better, right? Like, yeah, you, 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 
you get concerned just about the level of talent that they have and, and being able to match up against heavyweight teams. But like winning these games like this that you're supposed to and next week or their, yeah, their next game is against Detroit. Like stacking those wins gives you the margin of error that you're going to need to get to the dance. Yep. And that's good no because doubt. you still got two against the Eagles left. You got the Cowboys on the road. Uh, you got it at Minnesota. So as much margin as you can give yourself, the better. And that's what they did here by being a team that they should in the Houston Texans. Uh, hoodwinked and bamboozled is my reaction because I texted you before this game was played. Never and it was in regards to more young players stepping into roles defensively uh, for the Giants. And I'm going to tell all myself here because I texted you with a link and I said, Texans money line. <laughs> I saw it. I, was, I chose. I, I wanted to say something back, but I knew if I said something back, it would jinx the Giants. Mm, very noble of you to uh, put your own ego off to the side to allow the Giants to have the successes that they did yesterday. <laughs> welcome. You're welcome, Giants Nation. You're welcome. Um. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. That that bet's going to be an L for me at this point. I was sitting Wait, here banking. I believe we have a bet on uh, the Giants making the playoffs. Chris, where you at? Chris. Yeah, Chris. Need you Chris, to look this let, up. Us, let us know. I was sitting here <laughs> expecting um, some kind of a regression loss to either Jacksonville or Houston. And they didn't. It didn't happen. They they want the two one score wins for the Giants. Uh, but th- look, look, that's what they've done all year. One score win against Man. the Titans, one score win against the Panthers, one score win against the Bears, one score win against the Packers, one score win against the Ravens, one score win against the Jaguars, one score win against the Texans. Listen, they go three and five to finish the year. They're a 10 win team. Right. They're that's in. they're probably. they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Because they'll they'll probably beat the the Lions are probably gonna find a way to lose. Then they'll they play Dallas and you feel like they'll probably drop that one. Say you split with the commanders. That's two wins. They played the Eagles twice. Even if you say the Eagles sweep them, they still got the Colts week 16 right. or week 17. And the Vikings. I mean, oh, I, not that I expect them to go into Minnesota to win the game, but it's still another opportunity. Right. They will finish with a winning record, like, comfortably. They'll probably be a 10-win team. 10-7. and seven. Be my guess. So, Kyle, here's your sign. Say less. Shut up. What? <laughs> Your process was fine. Their talent's not good. They just win. You know what? Whose process was not fine? The Indianapolis Colts defeated the Las Vegas Raiders by a score of 25 to 20 on yet another fourth quarter blown lead uh, by the Las Vegas Raiders at home. The Raiders falling to two and seven. I, I don't even know what word to come up with here. Um, I got one. You want me to give one? Yeah, go ahead. Respect. And my respect is for Derek Carr. I don't know if you saw his comments in the post game. I did. He got very emotional at the podium talking about how angry it makes him that not everybody in the Raiders building takes the level of pride and and takes the the magnitude of, of what they are trying to accomplish as a team and the shortcomings in, in being able to do that and finding a way to lose football games. Um, and and the, his phrasing, not mine was that, that, that it pisses him off that not everybody in the building takes it to heart for how hard 
the team and the players or many of the players are working to try to have the breakthrough and find some success. And I know Derek Carr is a really polarizing quarterback and the NFL lexicon of quarterbacks. And is he, can you win with him? Can you not win with him? So on and so forth. Um, but there's one thing I will always say for, for Derek Carr that I've had respect in and respect for, and it, it's his ability as a leader uh, to speak candidly and, and to walk the walk as well as talking the talk. So that that's my reaction to this game, because I certainly did not care one bit about what actually happened for the 60 minutes that they were on the field. How much of that do you think is a reflection of the current leadership or just what it's been for the Raiders? Probably both, but especially with how Bisaccia really invigorated yeah. them last year. Yeah. I have a feeling that has to do with the leadership group that are the some dynamics of leadership that exists within the building now. Man, that's a tough. If that was the right guy for the job, that's tough. Right, that's a tough pill to swallow, man. You had him. Yep. He's a what special teams coach for the Packers or something now. If I'm not uh, mistaken, I believe I believe yeah. that was his next stop. Yeah. Anything you want to add on that one? No, I feel like we kind of talked about it a lot yesterday. That's why yeah. I, I couldn't find something new to say because we. Oh, okay. We did the dude part, you know. So. <laughs> Um, speaking of the, the dude segment yesterday, the Minnesota Vikings and Justin Jefferson, AKA Superman, um, came back and defeated the Buffalo bills in overtime, uh, by a final score of 33 to 30, the Vikings sitting at eight and one, the bills, uh, sitting at six and three signature win, right? This is, this is what everybody wanted from Minnesota was to, to knock off, a a quality opponent. They did that. Um, and, and what's funny is they did it the same way they beat all the other teams, right? Just right. improbable moments, fifth quarter, uh, fifth, fourth quarter comeback of the season for Kirk cousins. Uh, we they've played nine games. I mean, that that's unbelievable. Um, they found a way, man. And, and you feel like the bills had a hundred different opportunities to win the game. They just didn't. Um, and obviously the, the, the point for Buffalo is you got to stop turning over the ball. They're turning over it turning over the ball at the highest clip of any team in the NFL, like turnovers uh, per drive, that percentage is, is unbelievably high. And you got three losses on the season by a combined eight points. And you wonder if you were just um, an average team at turning over the ball, how many losses you have. So that's, that's what has to get fixed in Buffalo and for Minnesota. Keep, keep doing your thing, man. You're eight and one winning close games. That's great for this coaching staff as they, take over right under Kevin O'Connell and, and the buy-in, all that type of stuff, especially for where they've been recently. They're on a good trajectory. Happy for them. True or false. The Vikings clinched the division before the month of December. They're, they have a five and a half game lead in the division right now. With... It's a reasonable chance. Although I just talked about how I feel like the Packers are going to stack some wins here. Right. But I mean, if Minnesota wins their next Three mathematically, it's done, and I, well, that I would can't carry say for certain that, that that's absolutely true. You know, but but if the Packers lose one and the Vikings win the next two, if they beat the Cowboys and Patriots and the Packers drop a game, they'd be six and a half out with one, two, three, four, five games to play. So, fact or fiction: the Vikings clinch the NFC North in November. Fiction. You think fiction? You think the Cowboys get them next week? 
if they win both, they have to win both, and that like that's what they have to do. And the Packers have to lose both their games. No, just one. Packers have to You're lose one. That- and the Viking, if the Vikings beat the Cowboys and Patriots, and the Packers lose one game in the next two weeks, like, and this is just very rough math here. No, I say they don't do it. Okay. We'll find out. Uh, I use six the, to play after that, man. The seven games right, to play after that, right? But the the Vikings would be six and a half up. I just I don't think I don't think we're going to turn to December and we're going to have an NFC North champion. I can settle this right now. <laughs> Done. No matter what happens, according to five thirty eight dot com, if the Vikings win the next two weeks, regardless of any other outcome in the entire NFL, they will clinch the NFC North. Okay, I will predict that they don't go on a what are they on a currently a seven game win. I will predict that the Vikings don't go on a nine game winning streak. Law I can live with the result. Right? Yes. Law of averages. <laughs> I use I didn't use the phrase, but no, I did use the phrase. I, I called the Vikings cockroaches again on social media, and there are a couple people that didn't appreciate the context of the way we talked about in the show last week and like took exception to it. I admire it. I admire the these wonky crazy surreal just defying every ounce of logic that exists ways to win all of these football games that they have done again and again and again it's going to have you be a, a very mentally tough football team again in the face of adversity when you get to the postseason. Yeah. i you admire never, it. you have never have a reason to believe you're not going to win the game you've done it over but you over. are freaking cockroaches man yeah. yeah to do this again and again and again it's it's incredible so my, my reaction is cockroaches. Um, I think our last last game, perhaps. We have t- I think we have two more. Uh, draft dudes do math. Uh, we have Steelers Saints. It's Pittsburgh winning 20 to 10 in the um, NFL's Week 10 Apathy Bowl. Mm-hmm. The, the Steelers beat the, the Saints by a final score of 20 to 10. Uh, Najee Harris posting... Uh, 20 carries for 99 yards, nearly five yards per carry in this game. Steelers had 28 first downs. That's, that's all. Yeah, what's go- oh, oh, the Saints had 10 penalties. Oh, they got six of those from, from penalties. All right, that makes a little more sense. It's still a lot of first downs there, nine to 17. Look at the, look at, I mean, look at this look at box the time score. Of possession. 379 look at the time yards of possession. to 186. Doubled them up in time of possession. I was good. I was happy to see uh, TJ Watt playing football again. And then uh, welcome to the Steelers. DeMonte Casey uh, had had a big interception in this ball game. So the Steelers had more rushing yards than the Saints had total yards in this game. Saints are just a fundamentally broken football team at this point. Would you agree? I understand they're banged up. I understand they got some injuries, but everything that they banked on being this season is like yeah. in their face. That's a good way to put it. Everything that they baked on didn't happen. Sorry. That's why you're three and seven and you're going to have a top five pick that you don't own. You're going to get worse too. They play the 49ers and the Bucks on the road. They get the Eagles on the road. Oh God. Dude, their, their December slate Falcons. Okay. At Bucks. Not great. It's a primetime game for some reason. Hopefully that gets flexed out because that's on ESPN as things currently stand. Um, Falcons, okay. 
They've got two cold weather games back to back on the road. Christmas Eve against the Browns. And Watson will be back for that game. And then at Philadelphia on New Year's Day. Indoor team playing those two teams outside. Yikes. Mm-hmm. This is going to get worse before it gets better, Not guys. Good. Buckle Not down. Good. And our last game, because, Joe, you were right. We had Sunday Night Football that that wasn't on my original block that I was looking at. The San Francisco 49ers uh, delivered a big win in prime time. They pushed their record to 5-4 and four over the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert, uh, who also there finished – uh, this week with a five and four record. We still have another game after this, by the way, we <laughs> with the Thursday game. No, the Jaguars and the chiefs. Oh, jeez, Louise, Chris, better hurry up then. Yeah, Chris, this is why you do this stuff, dude. <laughs> Haven't heard from Chris about the little Easter eggs. We buried in at the end of the Monday show no, yet either. So no, no, no. Uh, I, I guess my th- 49ers defense is, is awesome, right? Uh, they, they make big plays. They limit scoring. This Hufanga, Talanoa Hufanga is just a delight Baller. to watch play Baller. football. That guy's everywhere. Uh, legitimate team on defense. And when they can run the ball and, and not turn it over on offense, that's that's the recipe. This is the type of game that they're built to win. Um, You mentioned Talanoa Hufanga. Uh, but I do, do wonder, like – Obviously, Justin Herbert played a portion of this season with the rib injury, mm-hmm. and they're super banged up in the skill group. But at what point does the conversation start coming into play about like late game turnovers as being a layer to Justin Herbert as a quarterback that you have to account for? And I'm sure. not talking down on Justin yeah. Herbert, you know, from, from I, I love his game from a raw physical skills perspective. He's the upper class of the upper class of NFL quarterbacks. I think he's going to continue to get a lot better. Uh, I hope this team does get healthy uh, so that you can see Herbert be the best version of himself. But there's just been a lot of a lot of late game situations in one score games where I understand there's 49 seconds left. So, right, you, like you got to go get it. I understand that. But um, they've had a lot of turnovers in late game situations with Herbert. That's just I haven't heard it really become a talking point yet, which yeah. is, is is interesting. Well, I you know I, I hate that he's had two of the worst situational coaches in the history of football, and Anthony Lynn and, and Brandon Staley. You know what I mean? You're like that doesn't help. But yeah, You're it's a, it's I, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I'm kind of living that myself right now. So. Um. Last game, I think. <laughs> sorry, sorry if we missed your team. Jaguars and Chiefs. Jaguars uh, surprise onside Jaguars. kick to open the game. Jaguars, yeah, surprise onside kick to steal possession to start the game. Chiefs ultimately win by a final score of twenty-seven seventeen. Um, best wishes for Juju Smith-Schuster, who obviously had a very very scary hit in that contest. Um, but the the Chiefs just keep on. It's it's next man up. And then Mahomes, three hundred fifty yards and four touchdowns passing. Do you see? I think the the numbers for surprise onside kicks to start games are wildly successful. Yeah, you see this like seven percent do it. over seven of the last ten. If you're if you're the Jags and you're in Arrowhead, you need to steal a win. Why the hell not? Uh, didn't work, but I mean, you got the recovery, but you didn't win the game. But you, you certainly increased your chances. 
Uh, Kadarius Tony's the word here. Um, very productive ball game for him. Two rushes for 33 yards. Also a factor catching the football four for 57, the touchdown. Nobody remembered he played for the team. Nobody was near him. And he did that weird ankle thing down the sideline or whatever, but uh, they found a way for him to make an impact in this ball game. And that's kind of one of their X factors moving forward, you know, especially, you know, we'll see what happens with uh, Juju, but you know, it's chiefs are dangerous and they just continue to prove that every week. Uh, I think my, my storyline is Isaiah Pacheco. Good player. Uh, 86, 82 rushing yards on 16 attempts, five yards per carry. Like this, this is going to be the chief starting back for the rest of the year. I think from a productivity yeah. standpoint and a, an explosiveness standpoint, Edwards Hilaire still has value in the passing downs and whatnot, but Pacheco just brings a little different gear to hit in the hole. And I think he, mm-hmm. it's a scary thought for the chiefs, but. Oh, he's he's done well with his opportunities, and 16 for 82 is is a good mark for yep. him. I think we did it. We did it. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, thanks for friends over at Online for their continued support of the show. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of their Tuesday. Make sure you come back, see us again tomorrow. We're going to have another great day lined up. So thanks for checking out Draft Dudes. Hope to see you guys again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.